0: This is Raptors Shoot Around. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special.
1: Oh, baby,
0: what a play! The Raptors and
2: the NBA Finals live here. Oh, yes, guy. Oh, my goodness. Game six. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm all talked out. I got nothing to say. How do we fill two hours? Oh, yes, guy. Have I got a plan? It's called a lineup, and here's what a rat has lined up for us. At 10.40, Leo Roten's will stop by at 11 o'clock, Dave Festchuck, 11.20. Uh, James Herbert, who is a, the NBA writer for CBS, will stop by as well, and then James Duthie at 11.40. But in the meantime, because you know driving in in the rain is uh, hypnotic, it's hard to stay awake, I decided to come up with a new game. It's not Yes Guy, No Guy, Take Two. It is called If You Could... So we're going to need a rad to help us out here. My first premise is, and these are all premises, so you may disagree with them. So all I'm asking is, if you could say that or do this, then this would make sense. So there's a bunch of stuff here that challenges how you think about where the Raptors are with a 3-2 series lead. And hopefully could wrap it up tonight. If not, Game 7. Uh, We were talking with Landsberg and Koliakovo as they were vacating after first up expired this morning. And uh, the consensus is that would be mighty tense, pretty excitable in a a strange way. But mighty tense could happen or could not. Yes guy, no guy on that. Well, we'll deal with that later. Uh, So here's one of the premises. And uh, Rad, just jump in when you can. And this is the obvious one based on the fact that the NHL season ended last night. So if you could start a season... A month later than the NHL, use many of the same buildings, have regular season overtime, then, and have it end at the same time as the NHL. You would conclude you must be able to say the NBA plan is superior. Does that make mm. sense? That does
0: make a lot of sense. If we may borrow from another game you are famous for, yes, yes, guy. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, you know, they a month later, and they have the, the 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 thing that makes the NBA work for me is the same overtime. In the regular season in the playoffs total sense right absolutely i mean it's the planning it's the fact that and they cut down on back-to-back games too so it just works all right now let's get serious now this is this is thought challenging stuff so if you could cheer the kd injury then you must admit the raptors are the benefactors of a break in this series does that Uh, make sense that makes a lot of sense Okay, if you could say the first four games of a long seven-game series are irrelevant, then as a Raptor fan, because they won three out of the four, you must be worried. As a Raptor fan, yeah, I am very worried. Really? Yes. Okay, uh, another one. If you could say that Draymond Green has canceled out Pascal Siakam, except for game one, you would also be worried.
0: Again, you're 100% spot on. It makes sense. And I am worried because Pascal Siakam hasn't been good since Game
2: 1. Okay, now here's a strange one. If you could say the Raptors should have won the championship by now, you you, you would then be able to say, I am confused and concerned about what happens next.
0: If you were to say that, then yes, you should be confused and concerned. But I would say me, you, and many other fans are not confused and concerned yet. Might be after tonight. We'll be after tonight. We'll if the, we'll, if we'll there see. is an
2: after tonight, right? <laughs> okay. Now, if you could say that Curry and Thompson are now only emerging, you would be worried. Oh, yeah. That's... As a fan, that is my number one worry, 100%. Okay. Let me, let me try and uh, cipher out my scribbling here. Oh, okay. If you could say the Raptors know how to respond and have done so all season long, you would not be worried. And that
0: is why... I mean, I'm still worried because of the last point you made, because Curry and Thompson, you feel like they're just waking up. They're made for this. They have all the experience. But at the same time, we've said it many times, the Raptors, they really respond well after a loss. We saw it against Orlando, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. And at the same time, they're a bit of a road warrior team, right? They played really well on the road. So it goes both ways, the worry and the non-worry.
2: Well, I mean, it's a fine line, right? If you could could say the Raptors are better on the road than at home, you would not be worried. You could say that. You could say that. Uh, I still feel
0: like the Raptors are a better home team, but they do have the DNA, the poise that takes for a team to win on the road, especially in the playoffs.
2: If you could not worry about the ending of Game 5, you would be okay. Yes, Guy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of time spent on that, but bottom line is, as we've said many times, it just goes back to the, the three point shooting. It's a make or miss league. They
0: always say it, right? Yeah. Golden State made. Raptors didn't make it. If Raptors make one of those shots, we're, we may not even be on air right now, Jim. <laughs> that's right.
2: the uh, the summer of Yes Guy would have already started. Yeah, yes Guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what this, I've already I've already named this summer. The, the summer, summer of Yes of Guy. Yes. Yeah. Summer of Yes Guy. Uh, beats the summer of no guy which we've had already but anyway uh so here's some stats here Uh, the road team has won every game since game one which is remarkable you don't see that very often especially in the nba especially in the championship um here's another one just off the top of my head if if you could if you could buy into the fact that the warriors know everything in terms of 3-1 series leads and deficits because they've been on both sides of this you would be a little worried about tonight and tomorrow and sunday night hundred
0: percent. If you believe in history repeats itself in sports, you would be worried about that. But at the same time, I'm going to borrow from another 3-1 series lead. I'm going to go back to the Dallas Mavericks and Miami Heat. And I'm going to think that, you know, maybe the Raptors can pull it
2: off like the Mavs did. Yeah. I mean, what's your level of concern going into this? My, my concern would be I'm, I'm really going to watch Pascal Siakam because I, I think he's the wild card in this. I'm a
0: little, yeah, Siakam's one, Danny Green's another, but my main concern is, again, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry heating up and going into the quote-unquote can't-miss mode that they go into sometimes, and it's just scary because there's literally nothing you can do to stop them, right? They'll just pull up from, what, couple steps in from half-court and drain the three, and like who can defend that realistically, right? It's almost physically impossible. Yeah.
2: Okay, the last one is kind of cold, but it needs to be said. And and you know me, I I like to sum things up with a sentence or two. I don't like to go on a rant because I think it's uh, not very engaging. So that's just me. Everybody has their own choice. So if you could sucker punch a fan wearing Golden State jerseys and colors and all that stuff after a game, and if you could heckle a former Raptor and his wife because they are Steph Curry's parents, you should. Check your birth certificate, because you might not be from Canada. You might be from a country called Idio, which would make you an idiot. I've never
0: agreed with you more in my life.
2: It's ridiculous. I just it's don't nonsense. understand where that comes from. So you think you can get a, it's right to get away with that kind of behavior? It just makes no sense. Toronto police are really good
0: at looking at video and fighting the culprit. They've proven it time and time again, and I truly hope that they can do it again this time.
2: It's just, you know, enjoy the game. You are not part of the game. And this goes back to that Mark Stevens thing, right? Uh, so that's the that's the first thing that sends it down a road where it, it doesn't need to go. You are not part of the game. You paid your way in. And in his case, you, you, you paid your way into the, the financial structure of the team. But you are not on the court. So back off. Get out of there. It's got nothing to do with you. Even on the court, that's despicable behavior. Oh, it sure is. What gives you the right to think you can do something like that and get away with it? We're talking about a sucker punch uh, in Toronto. A punch is not justified. We're talking about pushing a player um, and and, and using the uh, abusive language. Uh, That's not really allowable or justified in any situation. No. That's not how you treat people. No, it's not. And, I mean,
0: I feel like this run kind of... It started so well with Raptor fans and how beautiful it was and how much the country was behind this team but it turned ugly real quick after game five with the sucker punch and the abuse that uh, Dell and Aisha Curry had to go through so well, Dell and uh, Sonia Curry had to go through
2: yeah well let's just hope that uh, in either case whether the series ends tonight or on Sunday it ends uh, peacefully and, and not with some sort of stupid storyline that just didn't need to
0: happen Exactly. And, you know, there's always a positive twist on stuff, like, for example, uh, how Raptors fans have started donating a lot of money to Kevin Durant's charity, and so far, they've raised about $20,000, I think, for him. So, that's a good way to, you know, turn everything from a negative into a positive.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculous stuff. And and yesterday, there was a lot of um, the Warriors going over, and Steve Kerr said this, we had to make that decision again, we would, uh, and Kevin Durant, uh, you know, not... Laying the blame on anybody, saying it was everything was okay, uh, you know, we, the, and they go, sort of went through the the clearance. But I'm still stuck with this. Would you have gone through any of that if you were leading three to one instead of trailing three to one?
0: No, absolutely not. You yeah. wouldn't have been playing if I, I think even I mean, if it was two two, I don't think you would have been playing.
2: Yeah, I mean that, that, that is the type of decision you reach when there's no other alternative, and 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 because of that, I still don't like it. But they're all all okay with it, and they have to live with it. We don't. We can just sit on the sideline. And talk about it. So, uh, can the Raptors do the unthinkable and win game three at the Oracle in the same series? Uh, you know, people are all over that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this, because of what the stat here you have, where the road team has won every game since game one, that, you know, that that's sort of how things are supposed to track is irrelevant now. This is in an altered state. And, and I firmly believe that that whole KD thing in, on game five on Monday night pushed it to, just a not a weird spot, but a different spot than it was supposed to be, uh, just because of all the attention going in, how he looked, and, and the sudden departure, and how effective he was in the twelve minutes he played, and then the ramifications of how he left, and how that seemed to, you know, stay in the building, certainly on the court for five or, or so minutes, and it and, uh, just it was weird. I I called it yesterday the KD cloud, and I, I still think it's going to hover over this. Do you? One hundred percent.
0: I mean. Again, these guys are friends, right? Even though they might be on opposite teams, they're friends. KD injury, you could tell, it motivated the Warriors, and it really deflated the Raptors, who were, you know, really sad for a friend, for someone who who's known as, what, if not the best, the second best player in the league? Yeah. That, that has to go through that? That's just, that was just an unfortunate situation for both teams.
2: Yeah, the Raptors were going to be in an awkward spot even before the fans started to cheer, because... Uh, you know they're they're seeing one of the their star uh, not their star player but a star player in the series and they understand how relevant he is and, and nobody likes to see that injury because it's see you next year this is a year off and uh, you know people celebrate this is the one thing I would com- the, the comparison I make uh, the difference in in the cultures uh, maybe culture is not the right word how the game is played uh, the NBA is more celebratory uh, celebratory and uh, the NHL is more defensive uh, in terms of taking the skill out of the game the nba celebrates the skill and i kind of like the nba i mean i'm a hockey guy no question about that i enjoy hockey but i do like that part of the nba where where you can actually see a star player perform at his best without being impeded there are things you can do but uh, the hockey thing is uh, you can cancel out a 10 million dollar hockey player real quick you now all you have to do is check them and there's a there's a leeway with the rules there but the, the nba has a, a lot of things that that we should take note of one of them is uh, sort of the the, the um partnership between the players in the league and that's celebrated and everybody gets their share of money because obviously the, Br- the Brinks truck for the NBA is a transport trailer compared to the cube van for the NHL does that make sense that makes a lot of sense yeah. and
0: it all started I mean the seeds were laid in the bird and magic era but it really got amplified in the Jordan era, right? Where you know, let the superstars be the superstars, and it's going to be better for everyone in the league. There'll be more money coming in because of a Michael Jordan, and
2: because of that, even you know, the fifteenth guy on the roster will benefit. Yeah, well, and so there's money, there's something for everybody, which is the way it should be. Uh, you'd like that. You'd like to be able to say that about everyday life, and unfortunately, we can't. But, but I think that's the. I think most people wake up with a morning uh, in the morning feeling that. That they could make whatever they're doing better for themselves and for everybody else. And sometimes it just doesn't happen because of limitations that are uncontrollable. Kevin Durant has only played 12 minutes in the series. That's the second fewest minutes ever played in the NBA Finals by a team's leading scorer from the regular season. And does experience factor in? Warriors have been in this place before. Only Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard have for the Raptors. So we have a lot of audio. Yesterday was media day uh, in Golden State in Oakland and getting set obviously for game six. And by the way, here's, here's the marching orders for tonight. You can watch it on TSN 1 and 4 and on TSN 1050 we'll have a two-hour pregame show, commercial-free halftime and postgame as well. So you are covered. And the rest of the day, uh, Leafs lunch is on from noon to one. Rest of the day will be Matt Cause uh, one to four and then overdrive. These guys will be all over it. And then when they're done, um, I will be back in here with Matt Cause doing the pregame show. So that's what we're doing. And here is Nick Nurse talking about how he addressed the team after the loss in game five.
3: We're just addressing the things we can get better at. And you know, certainly some of that segment were, were some things we, we uh, under our control that we could have done better um, and that's that's really all we're focusing on Eric it, it's just like um, you know you you watch the game and you pull out the most learning experiences you can you know about 25 20 20 to 25 on defense and 18 to 22 on offense and then a good segment maybe 15 or so on special teams and and just go through them like like any game
4: I wanted to get your opinion do you think
3: momentum is real and if so, do you think that a timeout could potentially stop momentum on either side? Now that is a loaded question, I think, isn't it? Oh my God, um, Momentum is definitely real um in in everything in life, right? from the moment you get up you know to a basketball game moment, no doubt about it. Um, you know sometimes timeouts stop them, sometimes they don't, sometimes not taking one stops it and sometimes it doesn't and that's kind of the world we live in on the basketball court and you you take them and sometimes you don't and sometimes you do deep thoughts (laughs) <laughs> Tim in the back. Another deep thought-provoking question, I'm All sure. All right. Um,
2: Tim Reynolds with the AP. Stephen Clay, I think, what was it, 27 threes between the two of them that they got off in game five, and they had 42 as a team or something like that. Obviously, that's who they are. I mean, maybe not to that extreme, but you know they're going to shoot a bunch of them because mm-hmm. they're going to shoot a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Are there things you can do to... I mean, they they can choose whether they're going to put the this floor is- put, put the ball on the floor or not. Are there things you can do though to run them off the three point line, even even two elite guys like that, and get that under get that under twenty seven attempts? Is there things you, are there things you can force them into doing?
3: Well, um, yeah. I mean, we don't want to give up that many to those guys, right? Um, I think um, you know you got to guard them got to find them in transition they get they get a good chunk of them in that you know you know there was a there was a bunch of loose ball ones too but still that's that's really no um excuse we got to come up with a solution for that you know they we they had two in the first quarter i think where we stole the ball and we're heading the other way and then they kind of ended up with a loose ball and kicked it out to them wide open but still we got to we got to figure out a way to control those two there there's transition there's pin downs, they they're they're excellent at pushing off to create space. Their their screens are are long, wide and moving, that they're coming around a lot. So, I mean, you gotta work doubly, triply hard sometimes. You gotta absorb contact at the start, you gotta absorb contact coming off the screen. Um sometimes you put two on the ball, right? On the ball screens. There's lots of stuff going on out there.
4: Watching Kawhi operate the last month, you get the impression that he's just so cold-blooded. What makes him that way, and what's it like to witness it and be part of
3: it? Well, um, I don't know what makes him that way. Uh, probably, again, not basketball-related things. Probably probably um, the way he was raised or the environment he grew up in, right? Um, he certainly tough strong and composed and it's just again it it's continues to be from the, f- the first preseason game to now it continues to be interesting to just watch this guy do what he does it's like without a doubt the best thing about this thing is that that somehow I wound up on the sideline getting to watch this guy play up, up close and it's it's really cool
2: Nick Nurse, as he spoke at the media session yesterday, all kinds of sound in the next segment to get you prepped for game six. And I want to add to how you can watch the game. You can see it on the CTV network as well. Uh, So CTV, TSN one and four uh, coast to coast. This is a national event. There's no question about that. And I would expect a new ratings record for game six. Uh, And we'll worry about game seven if in fact it ever happens, but uh, really accessible to watch this game tonight. That's for sure. Uh, coming up next, we will hear from Sam Mitchell, and uh, he's going to be asked about Siakam and how important he is to the Raptors and what that'll mean in terms of an outcome for the game. And Jack Armstrong will give us the keys to winning game six for the Raptors. Later on, Leo Rotens will stop by. Yes, guy, how did you know? This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Wow, that's warm-up music. I like that. Dribbling around, canning a couple of shots. Hitting the the body hot, ready for action. Two and a half hours of full-out competition. Oh, fabulous. Raptors shoot around. Jim Taddy with you until noon. A Leafs lunch with Andy Patrello wrapping up the Stanley Cup final last night that ended in favor of the St. Louis Blues. And so now the Leafs stand alone with the drought. So there you go. (laughs) What's next? Well, you know. Um, Let's get into Game 6. And you remember, going back to the Milwaukee series, if you were with us on many of the pregame shows, we had a lot of NBA people, certainly in the first two games, that were telling us Antetokounmpo was the best player in the series. And by gosh, by the time we got to Game 5 and 6, they had flipped around and everybody understood Kawhi Leonard was the best in the series. But here's a new one. Kyle Lowry called him the best player in the league and Kawhi was asked, what does that mean to him?
5: It's great, uh, you know, to have teammates on your team, uh, to have confidence in you. Uh, and, you know, uh, it helps you, gives you extra drive, and extra push to, to be better. And, um, you know, when you play or don't play with someone, you can see how good or, you know, not good they are, you know, once you're on their team. And, um, I mean, I guess he's seeing it now. What do you think is the most important lesson your team has to learn from Game 5? Uh, just from any other game, just uh, look at our mistakes, try not to make them again, and um, go out there in the next game, and you know, just play with each other, have uh, one focus and you know, one goal, and you know, try to try to win it out.
2: You've been through some tragedies, some hardships growing up. Um, You just kept moving on and and how has what you've gone through in the past losing your dad things like that motivated you to to be here today to be one of the top players in the NBA and do you think uh, of those times a lot?
5: You know growing one once it happened I you know thought about it a lot but as I get older uh, as I got older I just pretty much really stopped thinking about it but I think it just gave me a sense of feel that uh, life and basketball are two different things and um, you know, just really enjoy enjoy your time and moments, and you know, like I always say, just this is basketball. Just go out there and have fun. These are going to be the best years uh, of my life playing this game. And I mean, being 27 and is this young. You shouldn't be stressing in life. Uh, you know about about things that really don't matter. As long as your family's healthy, um, you're able to see the people that you love and. You're able to, you know, walk around, You're not injured, so all those things are accountable. Go out here, lay it all out on the floor, um, do the best job I could possibly do, and you know, try to win. You
6: talked a little bit after Game Five about the mental aspect of coming back from an injury. Uh, we just found out that that Kevin Durant did um, indeed rupture his uh, Achilles, and he was speaking about that. Can you just expand a little bit about the mental part of you know dealing with a serious injury? And what piece of advice uh, would you like to give to Kevin Durant as he goes through that journey?
5: Just from my own experience, you know, just could talk from you know what I've been through, uh, you know. Like I said, you just you know we work so hard to get to this point, and you know it, the game gets taken away from you, especially with leg injuries and things like that. You're not really able to run or do anything, um, you know, on the floor. So um, you really just have to change your mindset on things, and you know, try to attack each day of getting better, and um, you know, just just know that you're gonna play again one day, and. You want to come back as you know the player that you were. You were, and you know, make sure you come back when you feel healthy. You, you feel good enough that you that you feel confident enough in yourself to you know go back out there on the floor, and know that that day will come. And just like I said, attack each day. Um, you know, that's 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 your assignment to get back to what the thing that you love to do. You seem pretty kind of stone-faced,
0: even keel, during games. Do you feel down the stretch of them, the pressure, the,
5: the stress, the nerves, whatever you want to call it, in games with everything on the line in the finals? I mean, definitely. Like, even before it gets down to the stretch, you, you feel like you want to play great. You know what I mean? You You want to make the next shot or get the next stop. And... I don't know, it's just like I said before uh, about going through regular season and the playoffs, it's it's kind of like, you know, your mind is into that already. Uh, you got to carry over from either the first possession to the last possession of, you want to get a stop, so, or a stop or a score, so you really I don't know, like to really say at that time, like, oh, I feel so much pressure you really don't, um, I think it's, it's, um, w- Once your adrenaline is going, um, it's a lot different than you watching the game, like because your mindset is totally different because you're within that moment and you know you're embracing it and enjoying what's going to happen next. Kawhi Leonard,
2: as he spoke yesterday, I don't don't know about you, but uh, you know, and I like all the Raptors, all the basketball people when they speak are are very insightful. But I can listen to Kawhi Leonard and Nick Nurse speak quite a bit, and you know, I'm a sound guy, throw to a lot of sound over the course of my job. Uh, and some of it, you just sort of it just becomes like Muzak, uh, you know, noise that you don't really uh, you hear it, but you don't really listen. These guys are really engaging. They they just take you right into their answer because they're not throwing stuff at you. They're actually thinking about what you're asking them as opposed to having that uh, sort of wall of audio that comes back that's not really related to anything. My hat is off to these guys. It's impressive, I have to say. Uh, So we were talking about Siakam earlier, and I mentioned, and you know, game one lights out. What a debut. And then since then, uh, Draymond Green got the wake-up call and has canceled him out to some extent. Sam Mitchell was asked by James Duthie, is it fair to say if Siakam has a good game, Raptors will win the game?
6: Absolutely. That's what, look, Pascal Siakam very important in this team. He puts so much pressure on the Golden State Warriors defense. That's no matchup for him. When you look at him and Kawhi at those forward positions, they overmatch. They overwhelm the Golden State Warriors defender. You look at Andre Iguodala. He can't guard him in the post. Sean Livingston cannot guard him in the post. That's why Kevin Durant, absence has been so glaring. It's not just his scoring. It's his ability at his height and size and length to defend. Without him, you're putting smaller guys on two bigger, guys that are just as quick and not quicker and more athletic. That's why Siakam and Kawhi have had their way when they threw the ball in the post to those guys.
2: Another issue for the Raptors in game five, they they got careless.
1: 20 points for the Warriors off 13 Toronto turnovers. Now you have to credit the Golden State defense for part of that, but what can the Raptors do to clean that up in game six? Stop taking chances. The
6: Raptors have to understand when they move the ball or get the hockey assist, that's when they are a better basketball team. That's when they make shots. When they come down one or two passes and jack up shots, that's when you're putting too much pressure on your offense. And then what happens now when you miss those long shots, it gives the Golden State Warriors an opportunity to run out. they got to do two things. Control the tempo, control the pace, move the ball, take their shots so they can, so their offense is an extension of their defense.
1: Did you do the hockey assist thing just for me? You didn't have to do that. I, no,
6: I man, we, you, you, this what surprise you. In basketball now, all we talk about is the hockey assist because we're trying to get these young guys to pass the ball.
2: Well said. And, you know, to James Duffy's point about the turnovers for points, in the first quarter of that game, four turnovers for ten. The rest of the game, an additional nine turnovers for ten. So the, the major damage that way was done in the first quarter. Here's Jack Armstrong and what the keys are to winning game six.
4: I think first of all, it starts with your offense, right? You got to take care of the ball. You got to win the turnover margin battle. You got to take good shots. And you got to make shots. I thought in game five and game two, the Raptors really struggled. They lost those games because they didn't make enough shots, wide open shots. And therefore, that leads to transition opportunities for Golden State. And the most important thing of all, right? Your offense sets up your defense. And if your offense isn't great, it's going to allow them to run the ball at you. And they're really good. And then defense. Defensively, you got to get back quickly, makes, misses turnovers, and you got to play great perimeter defense. You got to get to Steph Curry. You got to get to Klay Thompson. They're the two guys are going to score the overwhelming majority of the points for the Warriors. You got to meet them on the catch, or you got to prevent them catching the ball altogether. Get through screens and make it difficult for them to get any sort of comfort level whatsoever and be solid and be organized in your defense and rebound the ball, because they're a terrific team when they're able to offensive rebound and throw it out to the three-point line. And then thirdly, bottom line is this. You had a six-point lead three minutes away from an NBA championship at home. That hurts to now have to get on a plane and have to play a game six in Oracle. By the way, you're 3-0 this season at Oracle Arena. Four of the five games in the finals have been won by the visiting team. Why not five out of six? Why not four in a row in Oracle? You've played well there, and you've played well on the road all year, but it starts with great execution offensively, and you've got to guard them, and you got to go in there with an attitude that, hey, enough is enough. We're the better team. We're getting a W.
2: Well, wow, that would be nice, wouldn't it? And the celebration ensues. You can watch this game on TSN 1 and 4 and on the CTV network on TSN 1050 tonight. Matt Coz will join me for a two-hour pregame show, commercial-free halftime, and extensive postgame as well as we cover game six for you. Coming up next, Leo Routens. You're listening to Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Wow, that's concussion music. Raptors shoot around continues. Jim Taddy with you till noon. Next hour, Dave check, James Herbert from CBS Sports, and James Duthie, the host. But right now, we go top drawer. Leo Routens, our TSN Raptors expert, is here. Leo, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Jim. How about you? Very
2: good. Everything's good here. We're, you know, a lot of anticipation in the air. How are you feeling about this series?
1: I feel good. I mean, uh, you know, I have no reason to... To feel any different? Uh, Raptors are still up three-two uh, in the series, and you look at Golden State. Everybody knows what they do. Uh, I think they're going to have they're going to have some struggles that they had prior to Game Five in Toronto. Uh, you know, this team without Kevin Durant uh, has some issues. Looney's still struggling with his health. Uh, Raptors just have to play better basketball than they did uh, they did at home last game.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at uh, what didn't work out for the Raptors in in the two games, I mean, you could almost equate that to, well, you know, you can't be perfect all the time, and they have played really good basketball, but, you know, they just didn't have the three-point shooting in Game 5, and in uh, Game 2, they uh, had that moment to to start the second half, which was, you know, you could understand that after five straight wins and a good half, you're going to have a letdown at some point. So, I mean, they they have been human at times and had to pay a pretty big price for it, haven't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know what? When you, when you listen to what everybody says after a game, you know, nobody ever just stops and says, you know what? You're playing the NBA champions. They're, they're, they're champions for a reason. They've been to, this is their fifth trip to the finals. They've won three rings. These guys kind of know what they're doing and they've kind of been in the moment a long, long time. And, and when you look at the way that they finished the game, uh, they did what champions do. So they're not just going to bend over and, and just walk away. Uh, and you look at even on the last play, you know, a lot of folks in Toronto giving Kyle some heat, and I'm going, just watch and look at the way they, you know, on the fly, and I like the idea of attacking them on the fly because you got veteran players, Nick Nurse didn't call a timeout, and, you know, you got veteran players that read the play spectacularly and, and were able to take things away, and then, then Draymond Green gets a block on the Kyle shot. Um, How do you criticize anybody in that play? You know, sometimes you give credit. Yeah, it's real life and you can make some different decisions. And Everybody's watching it on the replay over and over, say you could have done that and you could have done this. But in real life, it's a different story. And and the Golden State Warriors did a great job to take that game. So now it's up to the Raptors to find a way to to have a better effort, which I think they can. Uh, They can clean up a lot in that game. But, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes you just tip your hat to your opponent.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I called it yesterday myopic analysis because you're just looking at changing the Raptors' outcome and not considering what the other team is doing. And by the way, this is a two-time defending championship team that you're, you're sort of ignoring in your analysis, and, and you uh, did it nicely there and, and spoke up for what the, the Warriors actually did. Um, when I look at the, the, the Raptors' situation, I mean, you hear it's almost a cliche answer. Uh, what are you going to do better in Game 6? Well, things that we can control, and that would be the three-point shooting, wouldn't it?
1: Well, you got to shoot better. There's no question about that. I mean, when you have a disparity, a discrepancy the way uh disparity, I'm sorry, uh the way the Raptors had in that last game where they make 20 and you only make 8. Uh that's a that's a difficult number to overcome because when you look at a lot of a lot of other statistics from that game, you go, "Man, you know the Raptors should have won this game." Yeah. Uh but, you know, the three-point shot was a big di- difference maker and you know the Raptors know they could shoot better. And, and I think, you know, Nick Nurse made the point yesterday. You know, you you break the game down when it's done, right? So you find maybe you know fifteen to twenty, you know, defensive situations that you can do better. You know, find you know same maybe same number, you know, fifteen to twenty offensive situations you can do better. Uh, and then you you kind of you kind of sum it up and you clean it up and you hopefully that's the way you play. And I think it comes down to one thing. And I said this when the series started, Jim, you can't have any lapses, mental lapses against Golden State. They are so devastating with that three point shot they got two, two or, you know arguably two of the greatest shooters in NBA history on the floor that if you if you make one mistake and that 's every guy on the floor, you make one mistake you 're giving them a shot, and you have to just stay stay so locked in and that 's hard to do because you 're tired right now everybody 's tired, uh, so mentally uh, and physically you don't have to keep it together on every possession. And that's very, very difficult to do at this stage. But to beat the Golden State, you have to do that.
2: Leo, I kind of like, uh, I've said this many times, I like the 4-7 format because it allows everything to happen. And so here we are getting set for Game 6. And a lot of the question marks about Golden State have been answered. Uh, So KD is out. And you understand that most of their offense now, with what they have left, comes from the guards. And I think that we would have said that at the start of the series anyway. But they have developed their own chemistry finally. And so the Raptors really have to deal with that, don't they?
1: No question about it, uh, and, and I think what you want to do is you want to attack them too, right? Everybody talks about just defending them, which is which is a bear, and you have to do that. And like I said, it, it's the it's the it's the mental focus to stay locked in on them and, and just don't give them any any opera operating room at all. And if you look at games three and four in Oakland, I thought the Raptors did a great job of, you know, just speeding them up a little bit, just make it a little uncomfortable, force them to, you know, to to take that extra dribble. Uh, you know, bump them coming off screens. The little things like that make a big difference. Uh, and then offensively, I think, you know, number one, you know, going into game five, um, the Raptors' front line had, had a ridiculous advantage. They were like plus 150 versus Golden State's front line. you got to maintain that. That was a big advantage uh, that kind of helps neutralize what's happening in the backcourt. Uh, and then something that, you know, to me, is really important, and, and in Raptor wins, it makes a difference. You know, you need Kyle Lowry to come out and, and look for the look at the basket early. Uh, when he attacks, when he when he goes to the rim, when he takes a shot early in a game, it changes the game for the Raptors. It, it, it puts a lot of pressure on Golden State. It opens up passing lanes. It opens up for his teammates. Um, you know, so when you get when you get a guy like Marcus All and Kyle Lowry involved in the offense uh, off the get go. I think it carries over and and usually creates a lot of great situations the rest of the way.
2: You know, I I just want to go back to Game 5 for a second here, Leo. We talked about the three-point shootings, and so I have my chart in front of me, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just scratching my head because at the half, Golden State had 11 of 21, the Raptors had 2 of 12, and yet only down by 6. And we know the rest of it, 8 of 32 and 20 of 42. The discrepancy there is phenomenal, and yet it's only a one-point game. How does that even happen?
1: Well, that's what I said. If you look at a lot of the numbers, you go, hey, Raptors win this game. They did a better job in the offensive line. They got to the free throw line. You know, uh, They forced turnovers. All kinds of, you know, they out-rebounded overall. You look at a lot of numbers and you go, they should have won. But they, they just couldn't get over that hump. And, and, and really the way the game started, I think, set the tone. Uh, you allowed Golden State to get a great rhythm shooting the ball. How'd you do it? Open shots. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant obviously was a big part of that early his presence created opportunities for everybody else and even for Kevin Durant. I mean you could hear Nick Nurse uh in, in a timeout about halfway through the first quarter and this is something I said before the game. Kevin Durant, you can't let him catch the ball unless he's moving, and you gotta make a move when he catches the ball. This is a guy coming off injury. How do you let him just catch and shoot? And the Raptors did. And because of all the attention he's getting, Curry was able to catch and shoot, and so does Clay Thompson. So that that's the way you take it away, and you just can't allow that to happen. Uh, you know, at the same time, the Raptors, uh, they did a good job getting inside, but they weren't hitting the open threes that they got. They have to knock them down. I mean, Danny Green has to be a factor. Pascal Siakam, uh, you know, he's got to be a factor in the game. You know, if the Raptors just play their game, uh, do a better job defensively, and they know they can, and I'll tell you another dangerous area, Jim, uh, loose balls, right? That ball yeah. comes off. The, you give up the offensive rebound. It, it almost always finds its way to a shooter. Uh, and, and Clay and Steph both got really good looks uh, off of either uh, a live ball turnover, a missed shot that they weren't able, the Raptors weren't able to get the defensive rebound. And if you allow those, that, that you know, those are backbreakers because you're working so hard. Right, you're working so hard to make a good play, or you have a great defensive possession, and the ball bounces right out to them, and they knock down a three, and it just kills you. So you you have to eliminate those plays.
2: How vital, in your mind, is Pascal Siakam's performance tonight?
1: Uh, it's critical. I mean, you know, he's been critical for this team all season long. So uh, you know, he doesn't have to be phenomenal. He doesn't have to have a thirty-point game. Uh, he just can't disappear. And and frankly, Game Five was one of the few games in the postseason that he disappeared. And when I say disappeared, it's not not just making some shots. Also, he really he really didn't didn't play to the level he needs to defensively. And you know what? It's normal. And a lot of that could be mental. I mean, the, the stress and the and the grind of, of higher playoffs. You know, going into a Game Five, it can wear you down. And uh, you're know, at home, and you maybe you get a little bit too hyped up um so i fully expect him as we've seen you know all season for him to bounce back this kid this you know we people talk about the raptors being resilient i mean this kid is resilient i mean pascal never carries anything um you know if he has a good game uh he'll let it go if he has a bad game he's got a great the great ability to let it go and just try to play better and not not hang on to it like a lot of players do so you know I think he's got to go back to thinking, okay, well, what do I really bring to the table? Energy, right? He's got to think, I've got to bring tremendous energy to the game. That means I've got to be there defensively, make whoever I'm around work, be a great help defender, and then offensively, by energy, it's you've got to be in attack mode. Okay? You know, don't be afraid if you got your shot, you've got to take it. You're struggling from three right now but he's got the ability to get other shots. And Golden State's going to test him and give him three. You can't shy away. If you've got a great look, you've got to take it. But when you, if you play with energy, that means you're going to be attacking, getting to the rim. And he can't be afraid because there's no shot blockers in there. Uh, you know, even Cousins is not a shot blocker. He's just a big body that wants to bump you. So go in there strong, look for contact, get finishes.
2: You always want to defer to a championship team. I mean, the Warriors have won two straight, so you don't want to say the wrong thing, and, but you don't want to show too much respect. I'm just wondering, you know, they are battered and bruised, and, and obviously Curry and Thompson would carry the team as, you know, going back to the early days, they did as well. How much do they have left? I mean, they just sort of present as not having much left other than those two guys.
1: Well, you know what, uh, like I said, to be a champion, you've got to be really, really strong mentally. Um, and, and you know, for, for just think, I mean, you know, for everybody watching, look at what a grind has been to get here. Well, these guys have done it five years in a row. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's taxing, and you use anything you can. So, you know, the last game, I, I thought Kevin Durant, aside from the 11 points he gave them in the first quarter, which was a big boost, uh, they used him going down as a boost as well, right? They galvanized over his injury and the fans' reaction initially. They used all that to fuel them. Uh, tonight, you know, I, I you know, they're, they're, they're trying to say, hey, okay, we're going to win this for Kevin. It's the last game at Oracle. The fans are going to be absolutely bonkers here. Uh, so they're going to use all of that, uh, to, 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 to get some energy. And that's where it's so critical that the Raptors get off to a good start. Um, you know, one of the things that happened in games three and four um, that was very noticeable to me, that you see these runs Golden State goes on. They're mm-hmm. devastating. You know, they all of a sudden it's like bang, 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 and you're down. Um, they tried to do that in games three and four, and the Raptors had an answer every time. And you can see in their face going, ah oh, man, <laughs> like what's going on here? Like, you know, the, we're not getting the normal reaction, uh, when we do this. And that makes a difference. And when you are, when you are tired and when you are down a man and you can't make that happen, that's when you start feeling the stress of the whole situation. And that's where you start feeling tired because it's not, it's just not working. And the Raptors did a phenomenal job of that. I've never seen the Golden State faces. React the way they did, like like I saw in games three and four. So it's really important the Raptors have the response uh, to those hits and and just play with force from the beginning of the game because uh, you have to somehow take that crowd out of it or give that crowd a lot of reason to feel uneasy. Which again, they were able to do in those previous games here.
2: It seems like we always go back to KD. I mean that that whole scenario where they needed him. It almost sounds desperate, doesn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I said going into the series, I think the Raptors are a better team. Uh, and, you know, like I said, Golden State got a first hand look at it. I mean, they're down 3-1. So yeah, they were in a, they were in a desperate state and Kevin Durant gave them that lift. I mean, they, they came to Toronto knowing they just needed one game because one game can change a series and they got that game. So, uh, they won a new one. They've gotten new one, but they don't have Kevin Durant. Uh, and again, uh, Kevon Looney's questionable. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll play, but, you know, he's certainly not the same. And then you can't let players like Kevin Durant, he came in off the bench, and, you know, he, he, he was way too impactful in the game. Uh, the Raptors are able to neutralize him in games three and four, and they have to do that, uh, in game six. So, uh, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I I think that both of these teams are. Uh, you know, fighting for their lives, and 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 I think the Raptors are a better team, and it's time that they have to show it tonight.
2: Well said, Leo. Thanks very much. Enjoy.
1: Always a pleasure, Jim. Thanks. Have a good
2: one. You too. Thank you. That's Leo Routens. That Leo Routens is the Twitter account. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. We've got another hour to go here. Dave Festchuk, James Herbert, and James Duffy will stop by. But I just want to see the game. Like, we have talked about this, and we will. We'll do a two-hour pregame show. But just want to see how it unfolds, because obviously it's going to start a certain way, and the back and forth, just can't wait to see. I mean, this is championship stuff. It's exciting. This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca.